0: To just go ahead and rejoice tonight. Get happy all over again. Get excited all over again. The old timers would say, "When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He's done for me." When I, another writer said, "When I look back over my life and I think things over." I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Somebody take about 20 seconds right now and just give him a praise for what he's already done tonight. Give him another praise for what he's done. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. High-five somebody on the way to your seat. Tell him he's worthy. Tell him he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Amen. Woo! Just remain standing tonight. We're going to hasten to the word of the Lord in this house. If you want to grab your Bibles and go with me tonight to the book of Malachi, that's where you will find tonight's assignment and lesson. And while you're turning there tonight, I want to say uh, in advance, thank you for your continued prayers concerning some of the families that were mentioned a little bit earlier this evening uh, and all uh, that we believe the Lord will do to bring comfort and clarity to these families. Amen. And uh, while you're praying for those needs that have been already mentioned, let's also remember to pray. Uh, for uh, Brother Ramirez and his family. Uh, his brother passed away last week. As a matter of fact, tonight they are out of state for the funeral. And uh, I am believing that God will bring peace that passes all understanding to the hearts and minds of these families. Amen. Amen. And uh, so thank you in advance for remembering all of them in your prayers. And uh, I'm excited tonight to uh, get into the Word of the Lord. As you know, we do as much as the Lord will allow. We will take Tuesday nights as an opportunity to teach and uh, dig into the Word of the Lord on maybe a little more of an academic level uh, than we would in a Sunday morning or a Sunday night service. Somebody said... That The only difference between preaching and teaching is one is telling it and one is yelling it. But preaching perhaps could be considered more inspirational-centric, while teaching tends to be more informational-centric. And so every preaching has a little bit of teaching in it, and sometimes the teaching has a little bit of preaching in it. Amen. But I want to get into the word of the Lord tonight. And we are going to talk about biblical principles of tithing tonight. Amen. Sister Tabitha was just warming us up when we gave tonight. And uh, it's, it's a brand new year. And most of us take an opportunity at the first part of the year to reevaluate things, to make adjustments, to put back into order particular things, uh, to set ourselves up for a great new year. And oftentimes that should include us taking a look at our fiscal responsibilities and our stewardship. And uh, that begins with us honoring God with our substance, amen. And so we want to take a look at that tonight. If you have your Bibles, grab those. I want you to grab your notebook, grab your phone notes. If you use your phone, just make sure you're taking notes and not texting. If you look over and see your neighbor texting, just stand up and go like this. Y'all just bust them out. I bet you they quit texting pretty quick. <laughs> Amen. If it's an emergency, I understand. But I believe that we ought to honor the house of the Lord by being attentive tentative to what the Lord is doing in the house. Amen, somebody. Let's go to the book of Malachi, chapter number 3. And uh, you know what? You can just be seated tonight. We'll just jump. Right into this, the book of Malachi, chapter number 3. And I want to begin reading at verse number 6. And I want to read all the way through verse number 12 as a launching point for our lesson tonight. He said, for I am the Lord and I change not. Tell your neighbor he never changes. Tell your neighbor he never changes. I heard one man say that methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, but principles never do. How many of you understand that principles of God's word never change? They are eternal. And he said, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed Even from the days of your fathers, he's reaching back into their history, ye are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. The Lord is rebuking them for not following his ordinances. He said, this has been going on a long time, and now I'm going to deal with you about this. From way back since your fathers, you have not been keeping my ordinances. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. God said, let's make a deal. If you'll get back to doing what you're supposed to do, I'll get back to doing what you're hoping I would do in your life. Return to me, and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Ooh! Don't ever ask God them kind of questions. That's like a smart aleck question to God. What do you mean, return? Because He'll tell you. He said, "Will a man?" He said, "Oh, you want to know? Let me just get down to the point. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings." Now, this would let us understand that the tithing belongs to God. It doesn't even belong to us in the first place. You can't rob somebody of something if it doesn't belong to them. You can only rob somebody of something if you take something that belongs to them already. He said, but ye say, where and have we robbed thee in tithe and offerings? Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. We got any robbers in the house? Would you just raise your hand if you're a robber? <laughs> robber no. no robbers in the house. How many of you plan on robbing somebody? Now, I don't want anybody to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, please. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm just not, I'm not going to say it like this. If you have not been faithful to God in your tithing, you should have raised your hand on the last question. I'd rather rob McDonald's than I would rob God. I'd rather rob a bank than I would rob God. (laughs) Somebody said, hurry up and read, Bishop." Verse number 10, he said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes." And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. How many of you tonight believe the word of the Lord when it says, Let God be true and every man a liar? Tonight's lesson is biblical principles of tithing. Not Bishop Williams' principles. Not your opinions. Not the popular opinions of the church across the street or some person you saw on YouTube or Instagram. Biblical principles. I don't got any Bible believers in the building. So I want to first tonight identify what is tithing. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart so the enemy cannot steal it from you. We are going to define what tithing is six different ways tonight. So the first way that we want to define what tithing is is we want to define tithing Etymologically or grammatically, that's the first way we're going to identify tithing. So we find the word tithing in both the Old and the New Testament. And I'm going to come for that in just a minute. It's in the Old and the New Testament. And I want to take a look at it etymologically from both of these perspectives. In the Old Testament, when you read it in the Hebrew, get for me Genesis chapter.
1: 14 verses 18 through 20. Read with authority tonight. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he hath given him the tithes of all. He had given
0: him tithes of all. I want you to notice early on, and we're going to get back to this, that he tied giving his tithing to his testimony. That word tithing in the Old Testament in the Hebrew comes from the word deketos or measra rather is the Hebrew word that literally just means the 10th. Tell your neighbor the 10th. The word tithing in the Old Testament just means the 10th. Now read for me. In the book of hebrews the new testament chapter 7 verse 1 through 4
2: for this melchizedek king of salem priest of the most high god who met abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also abraham gave a tenth part of all first being interpreted king of righteousness and after that also king of salem which is king of peace without father without mother without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. One more verse. And verily they that are of the sons of
0: Levi. Now who, consider how great this man was, verse 4, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. The word tithing, if you're taking notes in the New Testament, is the word dekatos, And it's a Greek word that means the tenth. The English word that we find in our King James Bible comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that teoth, T-E-O-T-H-E, that means the 10th. So no matter how you want to begin the discussion, etymologically, grammatically, the word tithing all by itself identifies and means the 10th. The second way that I want to identify the term tithing tonight is mathematically. Not only does it grammatically mean a tenth, but mathematically it means 10%. Read for me in Genesis chapter 28, verse
3: 22. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee.
0: I will give the tenth unto thee. Read Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30.
4: And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. All the tithing, 10%, 10
0: out of 100, however, whatever level of math you made it to in school, break it down to the lowest common denominator, whatever you need to do to make it make sense. It belongs to the Lord, it's holy. Amen. The third way I want to identify the term tithing tonight is scripturally. Read for me in Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse number 6. You will find here that tithing is part of the law. Now don't get stuck there because it's not only part of the law, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but it is part of the Old Testament law. Read Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse number 6.
1: And thither you shall bring your burnt offerings, and your sacrifices, and your tithes, and heave offerings of your hand, and your vows, and your free will offerings, and your firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. Read for me chapter 14, verse 22. Thou shalt surely tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. So scripturally... Tithing
0: is part of the law. It is a commandment from God. God gave commanding for tithing. The fourth way I want to identify it tonight is morally. Morally, tithing is a debt to God. It is a debt to God. We already read it in Malachi chapter 3. But he deals with the idea of when you don't bring it to him, it causes you to be in a position of a robber. So morally it is a debt. I also want to read Matthew chapter 23 and verse
3: 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other Undone. And
0: not leave the other undone. The thing I want you to notice in this verse of scripture is he categorizes tithing along with all of these other pieces of subject matter as their importance in the kingdom of God. The fifth way that I want to identify tithing tonight is economically. Tell your neighbor, economically. How many of you know we live in a world right now that's very focused on economics? What's going to happen? What's taking place? Let me just tell you tonight, there is no greater economy in the universe than God's economy. I thought I'd have at least a few more amens than that tonight. There is no greater economy in the world than God's economy. How many of you ever read in your Bible about the land of Goshen? God knows how to take care of his people in the midst of trials, in the midst of famines, in the midst of a plague, in the midst of disease. I ain't going to bother that because we'll be here for a while tonight. But let's talk about it economically. It is an investment. Tithing is an investment in the eternal. Read for me Matthew chapter 6 verse 20.
4: But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also.
0: Make an investment where neither moth nor dust can corrupt what you've invested in. Make an investment in something that has eternal consequence and reward to it. And the last part of this verse is powerful sister tabitha he said where your treasure is there will your heart be also we often get that backwards and say where our heart is that's where our treasure is going to be but it's actually the reverse whatever you are investing in your heart will gravitate to that thing and it's not just your finances it's your time it's your talent and it's your treasure Wherever those things are being focused at, that's where your heart will gravitate toward. You want to see what has people's hearts? Take a look at their time, their talent, and their treasure. That's why in one place the word of the Lord tells us that money answereth all things. Now a lot of people misquote that and say money is the answer to all things. We know that's not the truth. That's not what the Bible says. It says money answereth all things all things. And if you look it up in other transliterations and in the original text, it literally means that money will stand and on the witness stand and give testimony either for or against you. Money will tell a lot about you. You want to know what's important to people? Open up their check register. You want to know what people's priorities are? Open up their check register. Woo, it's quiet up in here right now. All them Dillard's entries going on and all that Applebee's and and, money will testify about what's important to you. Amen, somebody? It's quiet in here. Read for me Luke chapter 6, verse 38.
1: Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measures that you meet withal, it shall be measured to you again.
0: So, not is it just an investment, but it's an investment with return. God didn't just ask us or command us to give. He said, if you'll give and obey my word, I'm going to bring it back to you. And I'm not just going to give it back to you a little bit. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the same measuring utensil that you gave with. Some of us want to give a teaspoon and we expect a cup in return. I'm just going to put this little thing and, okay, God, why why, why am I not a millionaire right now? God said, whatever you give with, I'm going to take the same tool. So you know what I do when I give? Where's the biggest tool I can find? What's the biggest thing I can give with? Because God's going to take the same tool when I'm done giving and he's going to give back to me. And guess what? He's not just going to put it level. His word says that he's going to give it back to me, press down, that he's going to make sure there's no room in there, that he, there's no empty space. It's gonna, I just need a few Bible believers in the building Come on, somebody. I know, I know we're teaching tonight and it's about tithing, but the Bible said in one place that the word of the Lord was not profitable unto them because it wasn't mixed with faith. I just need a few people tonight to grab this word and start mixing your faith with it. He said, the word of the Lord said, now start mixing your faith, that if you'll give, uh, that he's going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, uh, and running uh, over. That means that he's going to give back to you beyond your capacity to receive it. I got five people that want to see God do that in their life. I think I'll believe this word of the Lord over the opinions of other people. I think I'll just believe the word of the Lord over the popular opinions of society. That's how he wants to do it. So the next way that we define tithing is spiritually. Spiritually, tithing is a blessing. We already read Malachi 3 and 10. But God said, prove me now herewith and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. If anybody knows how to bless, God knows how to bless. Spiritually, it is a blessing. And so by reflecting on these definitions of tithing, we begin to recognize how beautiful and powerful the truth of tithing is in the word of the Lord. Are you with me tonight? Are you taking notes tonight? Push your neighbor, tell him, don't you dare fall asleep. Don't you dare fall asleep. Now, let's answer this question tonight. Where did tithing originate? Where did tithing originate? Now, let me say this on the outset because... If you live for God long enough, somewhere somebody's going to have a discussion with you or you're going to hear somebody say it on some foolish YouTube channel or somewhere and somebody's going to say, tithing was in the Old Testament. Tithing was under the law and we don't live under the law no more. Now I'm going to be nice to some of those people. Because some people just don't know, Brother Donnelly. They've never been taught. And they're just regurgitating information that somebody said to them. I get it. I'm, 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 you just, you're in the most literal sense, ignorant. Not in a slanderous way. You're just unlearned. But then there's some people who want to use that as an excuse because of their, their robber status. <laughs> robbers are dishonest if you didn't know that by now but you're about to find out that tithing did not originate under the law tithing originated before the law it was incorporated into the law and existed when the law was fulfilled so where did tithing remember we're not talking about opinions So get your opinion out of the way. We're talking about biblical principles. Amen? So where did tithing originate? The first place that we find tithing, now this is important because if you're going to be a serious student of God's word, you have to understand the principle of hermeneutics. What is hermeneutics? Hermeneutics is simply the process by which we interpret the word of the Lord. And so one of the principles of hermeneutics is something called the law of first reference. And part of interpreting scripture is when you find something mentioned for the very first time in the word of the Lord, you will see that it is going to set a direction or a pattern that will hold true through the entire scripture. Such is the case with our subject matter tonight. And so if you go back to the very first reference, of tithing in the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 20 tells us that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. Read for me.
3: So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham.
0: Was that 14 and 20?
2: And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. He gave him tithes of all. He gave him tithes of
0: all. Now, what happens is when you go to the book of Galatians, you will find that the book of Galatians tells us that they that are of Christ are Abraham's seed. There is a bridge that is built from the Old Testament, and we're about to explore some of this, all the way into the New Testament, connecting the foundation of Abraham to God's New Testament church. All right, we're about to go there in just a moment. Genesis chapter 28, verse number 22. We won't read that tonight, but it says that Jacob promised God the tenth or the tithing of all that he earned. So these are examples of tithing before the law. Tell your neighbor this was before the law. Now if you shift from before the law and we go to the law, you begin to find that tithing is incorporated and further solidified as part of the law. The law of Moses stipulated the what, the where, and the when of how tithing was to be given. In the tithe of crops from the land, if a part was redeemed by paying cash, one-fifth of the value was added. When counting cattle or oxen or sheep, the tenth animal to pass under the rod was given to the Levites. So God begins to institute the details concerning giving under the law. Now, I want to answer a question before it's asked because... I have heard people say well I was told that that if I'm if I don't give my tithing and and I'm behind on my tithing and I and, and I want to get caught back up that I have to give some extra amount uh to when I catch up that there's some sort of penalty or something that is not a biblical principle. What you will find in scripture is and, and this is where they try to get this from is that God had certain things that were if a man wrongfully cheated somebody and had to make restoration for that, oftentimes there was a financial penalty included in the restoration of something that wasn't fully paid or something that was taken uh, without permission. But never did God ever institute a principle where there was some level of penalty charged for somebody who did not give their tithes in the manner that he prescribes in the word of the Lord. The best principle is to give your tithing as God blesses you. The best policy is to bring your tithe as you receive increase. We're going to get into some of this in just a moment. If for some reason we're delinquent, we should ask God to help us and then catch up as soon as possible. Refusing to give our tithes or never catching up when we get behind is wrong, and it should not be the practice of any Christian. God chose the tribe of Levi as a special group to care for the tabernacle. They were not to have an inheritance among their people, but they were supported by the tithes. Of the Israelites read for me numbers chapter 18 verse 20 through 24 tonight
1: and the Lord spake unto Aaron thou shalt have no inheritance in their land neither shalt thou have any part among them I am the, thy part and thine inheritance and among the children of Israel and behold I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service which they serve even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute for even throughout your generations that among the children of Israel they have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as an heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them... Among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So the Lord
0: begins to give specificities. Here's how you're going to give it. Here's why it's going to be given. Tithes were given and paid in the place that God designated. They couldn't just give their tithing anywhere in Israel. Tithing was to be given in a specified place by God. And it was to be given directly to the Levites. Read Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 5 through 6.
2: But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes. To unto put the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Read. Out of all your tribes to put his name there. Even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes. And heave offering in your hand, and your vows, and your free offerings, your free will offerings, and the first things of your herd and of the flocks.
0: God said, I'm going to set up the place, and all of the nation of Israel is going to bring your offerings and your tithing, and it's going to come to this specified place. Read verse 11.
2: Then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall ye bring all that I command you. Your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, and the heave offering in your hand, and all your choice your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord. Read verse 17 through 18. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thy oil, or the first things of thy herd herds, or the flock, nor any of the vows which thou vowest, nor thy free will offerings, or heave offering of thine hand, but thou must eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall, cho- shall choose, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, and all that thou puttest thy hand into.
0: Tell your neighbor, tithing was before the law. Tell your neighbor, tithing was during the law. Now, if you shift your paradigm focus from the law into the dispensation of grace, we find Jesus in a conversation with some of the religious leaders of that day, and he addresses them, noting that they were giving their tithing. This is in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. It's not in the law. It's not before the law. We're reading this in the dispensation of grace. Read Matthew chapter 23 verse number
3: 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye paid tithe of mint and ennis and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone.
0: So Jesus does not rebuke them for giving their tithe and tell them, don't give tithing. That's under the law. It's not required anymore. He commends them for giving their tithe and offering, but he said, you should have also done this other thing that you're leaving out and not left the other undone. Amen? Now read for me in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 7. We already read in Genesis chapter 14, verse number 20, that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. But here's what Galatians 3 and 7 says.
4: Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham.
0: So here's what happens. The Bible says that Jesus was an high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the Aaronic priesthood. The Aaronic priesthood represented an earthly priesthood that passed away, but Melchizedek represented a priesthood with no ending and no beginning. And so when Jesus becomes the high priest, Abraham's heirs Abraham gave his tithe to Melchizedek, but Abraham's heirs are still following the same principle of bringing their tithing, and it is going to another high priest who is after the order of Melchizedek. There is a continuity of the uh, progenitory of, of Abraham and what he did and his descendants. Abraham was faithful. God's people are faithful. Abraham walked in promise. God's people are walking in promise. Abraham had a blessing that that he was going to be a blessing to all the earth. God's people have that blessing that they're going to be a blessing unto all the earth. Abraham gave tithe unto Melchizedek. The New Testament church, God's people, are still giving their tithe unto God. Read for me John 8 and 39. This makes it even a little more plain.
1: They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Woo! They used to
0: like, they liked to brag about being Abraham's children. But they didn't always want to do what Abraham did. So God finally called them out on the carpet and said, if you're going to be Abraham's children, then you better do what Abraham did. Abraham gave his tithe unto the Lord. Don't be running around singing that Donald Lawrence song, the blessing of Abraham. You better be doing what Abraham did. Tell your neighbor Abraham gave his tithe. Read for me. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 8. Now before you read that, it's important to understand this background a little bit of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the key to understanding Hebrews is Paul The whole book of Hebrews is about greater things. It is Paul's revelation of the fulfillment of Old Testament type through Jesus Christ. So everything is a reflection of here's what the Old Testament was in type and shadow, and here is how Jesus fulfills this in the New Testament. And so he is making a statement here in his comparison of the Old Testament and those dispensations and the dispensation he is living in. And here's what he simply says. Read. And here men that die receive tithes. So you find even Paul in the book of Hebrews speaking about in his day, his dispensation, that people are giving and receiving
2: tithes. But there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. Amen. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9,
0: verse 1 through 14, Paul gives an outstanding uh, exposition regarding the financial support of the ministry. Paul is going to the Corinthian church, and he is preaching, and and you have to remember that these churches are brand new churches, and they're learning the, the statutes and the principles and the ordinances of God. And one of the things that Paul is dealing with in the Corinthian church is the very thing I'm preaching about tonight. And so he begins to talk to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1-14. through 14. Read for me.
3: Am I am not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship Are ye in the Lord? Mine answer to them that do examine me is this Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas?
0: Let me pause right there. What he is doing is he is addressing their questions about him living off of the resources that are given to the New Testament church. And the Apostle Paul is trying to let them see, have I not given my life for delivering the gospel and the work of the ministry and the church. And so he is putting this into context for them. And here's what he finishes saying. Read.
3: or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. And goeth a warfare any... Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges... Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof, or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the of the flock? Say I these things as a man. Say I these things as a man, or say or say not the law, sorry. Or say not the law the same also?
0: What he is saying is, am, is this just me talking, or am I speaking to you what the law says? Paul ironically
3: is referring the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn.
0: Here he is again quoting Old Testament scriptures that are under the law in order to establish New Testament principles. Read.
3: Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes no doubt this is written, that he that planteth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto the spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye know that they which minister about holy things live in the things of the temple?
0: Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things have... Or live of the things of the temple. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. I don't have time to get into this. But you start to study the Levitical priesthood and how God sustained them. Keep your place there. I want to talk about this for a moment. Because another popular thing you'll hear people say is, well, Paul, Paul just worked a regular secular job. He was a tent maker. He was a tent maker, but there is no scripture that says that once God called him and he was ordained into ministry, that he kept on making tents. He gave his entire life to work in the kingdom of God. He answered the call of God and gave everything to attend to the things of the altar. This is what he's explaining to them. Read on.
3: Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Mm -hmm.
0: Is that all the way through 14? Yes, sir. Paul did not support himself entirely through tent making, as some might teach. As a matter of fact, in one place, Paul has dialogue through a written letter with the Corinthian church. And he begins to talk to them about how in one place he comes to them and he's laboring. And they didn't support him. And and he has to address this issue Because he tells them, while I'm serving you, another church is supporting me. Why is it, in other words, he's telling them, why is it that you can come and sit on a pew and be a consumer and never support the thing that you're eating from? How is it that you can come and enjoy the lights and the air conditioning and the pews and the parking lot and the sound system and all of the things that are taking place, being blessed by the word of the Lord, all these things, and yet you are not supporting the thing from which you are drawing from? Oh, it's quiet in here. You don't go to a concert without a ticket. You'll pay to do everything else, but when it comes to the God that saved your soul and his kingdom, we come to the house of God and we close up and say, I don't have to give. Let me rearrange that because all that is is a mask you're hiding behind. It's not an I don't have to give, it's an I don't want to give. It's a heart issue, not a law issue. It's a heart issue, not a Bible issue. Oh, come on. It's a heart issue, not a theology issue. This would be a good time to get distracted right now and start talking to your neighbor. This would be a really good time right now to start chit-chatting in the pew instead of paying attention to God trying to speak to you. Or to put your finger up and go to the restroom real quick right now. You know the older I get, sometimes it just comes out. Just whoop, there it is. That old like that old apostolic song, whoop, there it is. <laughs> Wait, that's not an old apostolic song. I'm sorry, Lord. That's... So here's here's Paul's conversation. Read for me 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 7 through 13.
4: Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted? Because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely, I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. Pause right there. He said somebody else supported me while I was blessing you.
0: We ought to support the thing that we love. I'm just going to say it. We ought to support the thing that's blessing us. We ought to support the thing that's feeding us. We ought to support the thing that's kept us and held us. It's not anybody else's responsibility. It's our responsibility. Come on, somebody. It's our responsibility to to bless the house and to support this house. Woo, this is good
4: preaching tonight. Read. Read. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion. That wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ.
0: What he's saying here is I'm doing this because I love you. He's telling them I'm not addressing this issue because if, if there's no financial support then I'm not going to be here. He said no, I'm doing this because I love you. He said... As a matter of fact, what he's trying to convey, if you'll go back and study it, is you can't starve me out of doing what God called me to do because I love you. You're not going to stop the work of what God has called me to do. And so when you begin to read, he, he takes a unique tone here. He's frustrated with them. But then God deals with him and he works it at an even different angle. When you begin to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 13. Because he said, look, I, I haven't been a burden to you, so I'm just not going to be a burden to you. And that's how he leaves it. You don't want to give, then just, I guess you ain't going to give. But God deals with him and read, read what he says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 13.
1: For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches? Except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. Stop. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches? <laughs> what is it that
0: made other churches maybe better than you? He said the only thing that made them better is that I, I, I didn't let you take care of me. I wasn't burdensome to you. I, In other words, he said, I didn't stand my ground with you and tell you Giving is what's right. Instead, he just took the easy way out and said, well, we'll just let this other church take care of it. He's rethinking the fact that the Macedonian brethren supported him when really he should have looked at the church and said, hey, y'all got to start giving to support what's going on in this church. It's not the Macedonian church's responsibility. So this is the only thing that I was not burdensome to you. Forgive me for this wrong. Read the next verse.
1: Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you. For I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children.
0: Woo, so good. And so this is what we find happening in the New Testament church. Tithing was a principle By which the New Testament church was able to move and operate and to do ministry. How many of you understand that that's how we operate a church? How many of you would rather just have church in the park all summer long under the sun? It costs, it takes resources to do all this. It takes resources. And God forbid that that's the testimony of any of the people in this house. That this is where I go, this is where I'm blessed, this is where I'm fed, and yet I don't feed the thing that's feeding me. And I'm not supporting the thing that's supporting me. As we start this new year, I want to talk to some families in this church. You ought to make it your business at the begin, beginning of this year to say, you know what, it's time to start putting God at the top of my priority list again. I'm not backing up one inch tonight. And before anybody says that's all they talk about in churches is money, and that's a bunch, that's a big fat lie. You just ain't been to this church. I probably haven't preached about tithing offering in over two years. So that's a lie from hell. But I'm telling this church, for where God is taking us, God needs people to get up under this vision and stop coming to church and sitting on a pew and just withdrawing and never doing your part. Come on, to support the work of God and hoping that somebody else does it. The Macedonian brethren, they'll go ahead and give their tithing, and that's how things will get taken. What kind of a mentality is that? Brother so-and-so could give their tithe, and sister so-and-so can give their tithes, and they'll be faithful over here, but I'm not giving my tithe, I, and you'll come up with 500 excuses why you're not supporting it. Too. The devil is a liar. It's time for you to get up under God's promise in your life. It's time for you to grab a hold of the word of God in your life and say, all right, God, I'm stepping under this fountain of blessing. God, I'm going to quit letting a spirit of greed have a hold of me. A spirit. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching. And I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. I'm going to tell some of you families it's time to set your house in order. And part of setting your house in order and getting your your finances in order is putting God first and reestablishing in your life the principles of first fruit in your life. God's not asking you to give your entire paycheck to him. (laughs) The government takes more money from you than God asks for. And they don't ask you. They take it from you. And if you don't give it, they'll throw you in jail. And y'all ain't standing on the steps of the White House protesting paying taxes to be an American citizen. I hope you have more love for the kingdom of God than you do loyalty to the country that you live in. It's quiet up in here. That's all right. I don't see you every week with that check going back to your boss saying, give me my taxes. That's my money. I, I earned it. I worked hard for it. Give me my money back. I'm more privileged to be a citizen of heaven than I am a citizen of the United States of America. Set your house in order. I, I want to talk to some young married couple. How many of y'all seen Cupid's been at work in this place? Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Man, we've been a whole lot of wedding ceremonies. Maybe there's more to come. Oh, my God. let, let, Let me talk to some of you young married couples for a moment. Don't you buy into the lie of the devil in your young married life that you can't afford to be faithful to God. Don't you you let Satan trip you up and get you in a snare of having holes in your money bags right off the bat because you didn't learn how to put God first in your life. You better establish very early in your life that everything you have is because of him, not because of you. Come on, I'm going to preach this for a moment. The word of the Lord says, cursed be the man that trusteth in the arm of the flesh. I get up every day, and I go to work, and I work hard, and that's why I got money, and that's why. Boo! You better back up a moment. The only reason you woke up this morning wasn't because of your alarm clock. It was because God saw fit to give you another day to live. The only reason you've got the faculty of your limbs and your lungs and your mind is because God has kept you. Now, the world won't recognize their creator, but you've been born again. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got to walk with God. You've got a relationship with God. We don't think like the world thinks. I've got revelation that I'm not here because of me. I've got revelation that I'm not a self-made man. I'm a God made man. I'm not taking glory for what I've got. The Bible said, no flesh shall glory in his presence. Uh, Whatever I've got, baby, uh, to God be the glory. Uh, I've got a roof over my head uh, because of the God that I serve. Uh, I've got a job to go to uh, because he's Jehovah Jireh. I've got clothes on my body uh, because he sees uh, the sparrow fall uh, and he knows what I have need of. Uh, i got food on my table uh, not because I worked overtime, Uh, But because God gave me strength uh, and God allowed me, come on, you got to get the devil under your feet uh, and get your carnal mind under your feet uh, and make your money. uh, Bow at the altar. Uh, No man can serve two masters. Uh, He cannot serve God and uh, mammon. Uh, Ain't that funny? Out of all of the gods of this world he could have named, he put money at the top of the list. Uh, Either you're going to make money serve God uh, or you're going to bow at the altar of your money. Uh, you got to command your money what it's going to do. Uh, You're going to bow to God. Uh, uh, I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm supposed to be teaching. That's arrogance and Pride. Did this myself. I got this myself. Look what I got. Look what I did. Look what. No, 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 no. Look what the Lord has done. Look what. The, and because this is all God, I'm going to honor him with my first fruits. Because this is all God, I'm going to honor him with my first fruits. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off on all of that. Too. But I'm preaching to some of you young married couples. If you want to be blessed and you want to see God sustain you, some some of y'all think you know what blessing is. And I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you'll do it God's way, you ain't seen nothing yet. I just need a few people that are in the building. You ain't seen nothing yet. And if you think that money is the only definition of blessing, uh, you're out of your mind. Uh, You know what? I got dear friends of mine uh, that are burying a 19-year-old son uh, tomorrow night, uh, and my two boys uh, are still here tonight. Uh, You know what that is? Uh, That's a blessing. Uh, My God, that's a blessing. Uh, January of 2020, a car hit my son's truck and rolled it two and a half times and crunched it like a soda can. And he walked out with nothing but bruises and scratch. You know what that is? That's a blessing. Here's my tithing, God. Here's my offering, God. I'm building an altar of devotion to you. I'm laying up treasures in heaven. One day, I believe God will look just like he did in the book of Acts and say, hey, what's that memorial that's coming up before me? What's that man? You know what he did? The Bible says that he gave alms and he prayed. And the Lord saw that come up before him as a testimony into the throne room. And God said, I got to answer his prayer. What's he been praying about? What's he been seeking me for? Look at what he's given. Look at what he's given. Look at what he's... Come on, somebody. It's time for you to get going uh, and building some altars. Uh, One of the most important things uh, you'll put in your family uh, is an altar of devotion. uh, Our time, uh, our talent, uh, and our treasure, Uh, it belongs to you, God. Uh, There's going to come moments in life uh, that it's going to be that altar of devotion uh, that causes God uh, to look at some angels uh, and say, hey, uh, you need to get down there uh, because this has been a faithful person. Uh, You need to get down there and answer their prayer Uh, you need to get down there and and intervene on their behalf establish it while you're young to some of us saints that have been living for god a while and we've quit being faithful in our tithing offering come on god's waiting on you to get your act together is it is this all right tonight I'm going to add something to that. This church is waiting on some of us to get the act together because vision requires provision. I said vision requires provision. I'm not dependent on somebody else to support the work of God. I've got a personal responsibility to do my part. I'm not dependent on everybody else to give and hope that everything works out. No, I've got to walk with God. He's done too much for me. I may never even get back to the rest of this lesson. Don't you get in the habit of making your list of bills figuring out how far your money's going to go, and then decide whether or not you can afford to give God the, his tithing and your offering. Don't do it. Come on, that's, that's, that's not God's way. I'll tell you what, I started telling my wife, we, when we were young marrieds, we, we, we had to fight that, 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 that temptation. Finally, I said, honey, I'm, I'm sick of have, being put in this struggle every week. I said, here's what you're going to do. I don't want you to write out One bill. When my paycheck hits, you give our tithe and offering. Then we'll do the math on everything else. I'm not even putting God in that category. He's not just a bill like AT&T. God's not some bill like... God's not some utility payment uh, or a car payment. Uh, or some, No, uh, my God's not some bill uh, or tax that I got to pay. Uh, I'm bringing my first fruits uh, as a worship unto God. If somebody's going to have to wait, it ain't going to be God. <sighs> AT&T might have to wait. T-Mobile might have to wait. Verizon might have to wait. Regions Bank might have to wait. Suncoast might have to wait. Oh, it's quiet up in here tonight. I'm about to hit your bank in a minute. Citibank might have to wait. What? Come on, give me some others. Wells Fargo might have to wait. PB&T, SunTrust, Suncoast. PB&J Bank, I don't know what kind of bank y'all banking at. But you better tell the world that God is my provider. I said, you better tell the devil, uh, God is my. uh, And if you'll start being faithful in your tithe and offering, God will give you the wisdom to start being fiscally responsible so you can take care of all your bills like you're supposed to. I'm going to tell you the first step in financial... Fixing yourself financially—the very first step: start being faithful to God in your tithing and offering. Get rid of the holes in your money bags. Get rid of the curse that you bring on yourself. Get the blessing of God back at work in your finances. Ooh, i tell you, neighbor, this is real good preaching tonight. This is real good preaching tonight. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. God's got blessings waiting on you. God's got a future waiting on you. God's got some doors he wants to open for you. God's just waiting on us sometimes. That leads me to my next point, if you're still taking notes. (laughs) Tithing is worship unto God. Music comes so they think I'm closing. Tithing is worship unto God. Giving our tithe or paying our tithes should not be a dreaded task. But one of worship. The word of the Lord tells us, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, you don't have to go there, I'll just... It says, God loveth a cheerful giver. Tell your neighbor God loves a cheerful giver. Tell your other neighbor God loves a cheerful giver. If God loves a cheerful giver, he must despise a. I don't want to give my time. I ain't gotta give my time. I don't want to. Why do I gotta give my time? That's not what God wants. You shouldn't approach God like you're having to pay your taxes. You should approach giving your tithe like you're coming to an altar and saying, all right, God, I'm honoring you. This is my worship. How many of you know the word worship? Go study it when you get home. The word worship comes from the word worthship. It means to establish what something is worth. When you worship God, you are trying to express to Him what He means to you. And so if God means nothing to you, then don't make your money, worship Him. If God hasn't done it, then don't make your. But if God's ever blessed you, if he's ever kept you, uh, if he's ever been, then you had better get that money uh, and make it lift its hands uh, and bring it to an altar uh, and say, Lord, uh, I'm coming cheerfully. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, come on, somebody. Uh, here's my worship. One of the most beautiful examples of this in Scripture Pound in Deuteronomy chapter 26. What time is it? 9.02. That means it's 7 o'clock in Colorado. We good. All right, all right. Here we go. They, they ain't even started midweek over there for another 30 minutes. We're in good shape. As long as we finish before them, we're all right. <laughs> Some of you went, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that's a fake laugh. That ain't funny. Preach. Deuteronomy chapter 26. Read for me verse 1 through 11. I want you to hear this. Tithing is worship.
3: And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Oh!
0: Are you already setting the, the tone of this scripture? When you come into the land that the Lord gave you, you didn't get it, God gave it to you. Come on, somebody.
3: God gave it to you for an inheritance. When you come up in that land, read and possess it, uh-huh. and dwellest therein, mm-hmm. that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruits of the earth. Take first of all the fruits
0: of that land that God gave you, mm-hmm.
3: which thou shalt bring of the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, uh-huh. and shalt put it in a basket. Put it in a
0: basket, and shall go. You know, you know what that is? That's a New Testament wallet. You read Deuteronomy when he says, "I'm gonna bless your basket and your storehouse. That's your wallet and that's your bank account. Put it in the basket, and shall go get, un- get that get that first fruits. Put it in your wallet, and what are you gonna do with it?
3: And shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place His name there.
0: Go to the place,
3: get to church where God's put His name, where God called you to assemble, and what? And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days uh-huh. and, and say unto him, yeah. I profess this day unto the what, Lord thy what are you, God. What are you going to tell the preacher? I profess this day unto the Lord thy God yeah. that I am come unto the country which the Lord sware unto our fathers uh-huh. for to give us. Yeah. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand uh-huh. and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. He's going to put it on an altar? And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt. He starts testifying and and saying, my
0: daddy was a Syrian uh, that was on his way to destruction. Uh, You want to know where God brought me? He started reminiscing about what God had done for him. Uh, When he was up there and the ushers were standing there with the basket uh, and he started bringing his tithing. Uh, He said, you want to know why I'm bringing it? Uh, My daddy was a Syrian, read.
3: And sojourned there with a few and became there a great nation, great, mighty, and populous. Uh And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. Oh,
0: but my family fell into bondage and affliction and you couldn't imagine all the stuff going on.
3: Read. And when we cried unto the Lord, our God of our fathers. When I cried unto the Lord. Uh The Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction. He heard
0: our cry.
3: And and our labor and our oppression. Yes, And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand.
0: And the Lord brought us out uh, of Egypt uh, with a mighty... All this is going on uh, while he's bringing his tithing. This is what tithing is about. Uh, All this is going on uh, while he's bringing that basket with the tithing. Uh, starts telling about everything God did read.
3: And with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders and he hath brought us into this place. He hath
0: brought us into this place. I just need about 150 people in the building uh, that have a testimony. Uh, God brought me into this place. Uh, God pulled me out of the street uh, and brought me into his house. Uh, God pulled me out of trouble. Uh, And oh, come on, somebody. Uh, If you only knew uh, who my daddy was uh, and the mess my mama was in uh, and the trouble my family was in uh, and we prayed uh, and look uh, what the Lord has done. Uh, he brought us uh, into this place. Uh, read.
3: And hath given us this land, even yeah. a land that floweth with milk and honey. Yeah. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land. And now,
0: look, I'm bringing a testimony of what God has done. I'm bringing the first fruits. Uh, this is a representation uh, of the work of God uh, that's in my, your tithing uh, is worship uh, unto God. Uh, oh, I can't wait, Brother Leo, uh, to get to the house of the Lord uh, and bring my tithing uh, unto God uh, and my offering unto God. Matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, I got, you know, we get so busy before church that administratively, my wife, I just she takes care of all that stuff, and so, you know, we get in a church, and I'm, I'm trying to dial in and fill after the Holy Ghost, and I got one eye on that, and you know, trying to, I'm a shepherd, so I, am always looking. Where's the sheep? Where's that? Where's that person? Where's, it? okay, who said? Okay, okay, God, thank God. I've been praying for them. Oh, thank. God. I'm just a shepherd, y'all. That's who I am. And so, administratively, my wife, you know, it comes time for tithing offering, and, and just in case you wondered, we give our tithing offering. Oh, yeah. I give my tithe and offering to the Lord. And so my wife normally, she'll have it in, in the envelope and she'll bring, bring the tithe in. A few weeks ago I said, hold up a second. I'm tired of her being the one that keeps walking up and doing this part of what I'm reading right here. So I've been, I, every time it comes time to give, I said, okay, you can hold it, but I'm going to hold your hand. You can put it in, but I'm and then sometimes I say, no, give it to me. I'm putting it in this time. You can hold my hand, but I'm putting it in. Why? Because I get excited about coming to the house of the Lord. And every time I give, it's a reminder. It's a memorial. It's a testimony. Look what God has done. Here I am serving God and I'm in my right mind. Here I am living for God and I'm not in bondage. I know it's Tuesday night, but I feel a worship uh, in the building tonight. You ain't supposed to shout uh, when you're teaching about tithes, uh, but your worship, uh, oh, your tithing uh, is worship. Uh, This is what the Bible means, uh, that the Lord loves uh, a cheerful giver. Uh, He loves somebody that gives uh, with this in mind. Uh, God loves it uh, when you remember what he did for you. God loves it uh, when you remember what he brought. You through her and you come to the house. What? I'm gonna have to finish this lesson another night. Read on.
3: oh Lord has given which thou O lord has given me uh-huh. and shall set it before the Lord thy God and worship before. You the shall
0: set it. Before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. It's biblical when we have music playing um, while we bring our tithe and offering. Uh, that's not on accident. Uh, we're setting an atmosphere of worship uh, when we bring our tithe and offering. Uh, you want to get a whole different mentality uh, when you get to the house of God, uh, and when you get out in that lobby uh, and you grab one of those envelopes, uh, you ought to start. Betting. You know what you're doing. You're preparing your worship. Here's my worship. Here's what I'm bringing to the altar. And that thing ought to sit in your pocket. And when the music plays and it's time to come, there ought to be something in your step that says, I got a testimony. Look what God has done. I'm honoring the Lord with my substance, I'm honoring the Lord with my giving. Read verse 11.
3: And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given. You us. shall rejoice in
0: every. everything that the Lord has done for you. Don't you leave nothing out. He woke you up. Rejoice. You got up and you had food on the table. Rejoice. You dressed yourself. Nobody had to change your diaper. Re- You didn't kill your co-worker at workday. Rejoice. You and your husband had an argument, but you made it to the house. Rejoice. The kids wrecked the car, but thank God they're still out. Like, rejoice. You got a raise on your job. You better rejoice. Come on, you got to learn how to rejoice in every good thing which the Lord God hath given unto thee. If He hasn't done anything good for you, then don't rejoice. Sit in your pew. Withhold. You're not hurting God, you're missing out on what God has for you. I'm going to rejoice in every good thing. All that happens while he's bringing his tithing. That's what tithing's about, Brother Cornelius. Tithing ain't about what I have to do. It's about what I get to do. Some of us have never graduated from Egyptian thinking. This is the year of crossover. Some of us are stuck in a mindset of just being brought out. But God's trying to teach you how to go in. Come on, God's not just bringing you out. He's trying to teach you how to go in. You got to establish in the promised land an altar of devotion and not duty. David had to build an altar. And he went to the king. And the king said, hey, you're the king, man. Here's all the stuff you need, don't worry about paying the tab, I got it, it will be my honor to do it. You know what that was? It was the easy way out. I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I don't know that God would have honored what He was about to do. Because it wouldn't have been His altar, it would have been somebody else's altar. I refuse to come into church and worship around everybody else's altar and not have one of my own. You know what, everything everything around you, everything God's doing is a result uh, of people giving at an altar. Uh, Come on, somebody. It's a result uh, of people uh, building altars unto God. Uh, And I refuse uh, to come to church uh, and dance around uh, and be a part of a church. uh, And I haven't even built an altar myself. uh, And I haven't even given God my tithing. No, 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 no. Uh, Not this year, devil. Uh, This year I'm crossing over. Uh, I didn't just come out of Egypt. Uh, God's Got a promise waiting on me. Uh, God's got a blessing uh, with my name on it. Uh, God's got miracles. Uh, oh, I just need a few people right now uh, that are ready to cross over tonight uh, to jump out of your pew, uh, run to this altar with your hands lifted, uh, and let God know tonight uh, it's time for me to be a cheerful giver. Uh, it's time for me to straighten up, uh, get it together, uh, and I'm gonna bring uh, what God has given me. Uh, Come on, somebody. I know it's Tuesday night, but we ought to take just a moment right now and give God some praise. Come on, somebody ought to lift up your hands when you think about what God has done. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on. on. My time for God's favor. My time to be blessed.
4: Come on My time
2: for God's favor. My time.